Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Happy Monday and welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to leave a like, drop a comment, subscribe, even leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Anthony Tocher, joined there you are. as always by Sean DePaz. Shane Diefenbach, not with us yet again. No, he's not. Do we know why he's just off today, right? Yeah, he's I just don't think he really likes us. Yeah, that's. I'm starting to get the feeling he came back for one show and just the vibes weren't the same. I he's, think that's, he's not Duke Brennan. He just doesn't want it. Mm, as bad as anybody else? As bad as anybody mm. else. You know what? We finally got everybody left. Everybody's gone. Oh, everybody yeah. left the city of Phoenix. Thank God. Yeah, I was over it. I was. There's just too many of them. They I suck. hope y'all enjoyed it. I hope I you don't. liked it I here. Hope, I hope you hated it here. Um, hope you had an awful time. No, I hope they liked it. I hope, I, they, they were going to be here regardless, so I hope they enjoyed it. Just don't come back. Well, that's that's why I hope they didn't enjoy it, because we talked about this earlier. I don't want them buying houses here. Yeah, but all they need to do is come in the summer, and then they'll, they'll, they'll learn. They're they'll not, not, not everyone's built for this. No, that's true. 120 degree summers, all that stuff. Uh, lots to get into today. ASU yes, basketball, ASU softball. Maybe even some Super Bowl discussions at the end of the show. So buckle up because we got a packed show for y'all today, starting with some Arizona State basketball. We know what happened this past week. The Sun Devils getting it done against the Cardinal on Thursday. And then I know it went to OT, mm-hmm. but the boys did what they needed to do against the Cal Bears, winning Saturday night 70-62. to 62. Uh, So now it's kind of shaken out to where you have four teams really fighting for those last two spots, yeah. or those last two buys, I would say, yeah. um, in the Pac-12 tournament. It looks pretty clear that Arizona and UCLA are going to have those first two seeds locked up, which leaves room for four teams. So let's take a look at those four teams and what they've got left for these next four games. Obviously, there's five left in the season, but these next four extra important for Arizona State, Oregon, SC in Utah. And Sean, before we get into exactly what you think, for everybody on audio, this is what you've got, right? You've got Arizona State sitting at 18 and 8, 9 and 6 in conference. They've got Colorado in Utah this coming week. Then they've got Arizona and UCLA. You've got Oregon. They're at 15 and 11, 9 and 6 in conference. They're at Washington, at Wazoo, at Oregon State, then home against Cal. On the bottom, you've got SC, 17 and 8, 9 and 5 in conference. They've got Cal, Stanford, at Colorado, at Utah in their next four. And then to wrap things up, you've got the Utah Utes sitting at 17 and 9, 10 and 5 in conference. They are at Arizona, at Arizona State, then against number four, UCLA and SC. Sean, two spots left for these yep. four teams. Who's getting it? Ooh, um, Oregon and Arizona State. Uh, first off, does the second U in Utah stand for Utes or University? 
you think? Is it University of Utah or is it U- Utah Utes? Uh, it doesn't matter because they're not making the Pac-12. <laughs> oh, they're not making a. They're not getting a first round by the Pac-12 tournament. Um, I was. I mean, we were talking about this before the show. You look at it. Oregon has a very, very easy schedule to wrap up their season. Like yeah. you mentioned, Washington, Wazoo, Oregon State, all on the road. So that you know, there's always a chance they drop one of those. But then they get Cal and Stanford at home to end the season. I would have a hard. I, I think it's a pretty good chance they went out. Um, at worst, I think they lose one of those games. So I, I feel like they're kind of in a position to control their old destiny. So I think they'll lock up that three seed. On the other hand, Utah has a super, super difficult end of their season at Arizona, at Arizona State, then home against UCLA and USC. And then I believe they finish against Cal. Um, I don't remember exactly. They, the, the last game, maybe it's Stanford. The last game is winnable. Um, but those next, four, those, those, those next four for Utah are very difficult. I think at best they win one, if not drop all four. Um, so to me, they're kind of out of the picture. So then it comes down for that four seed. It comes down to Arizona State and USC. Um, you look at the schedules, ASU has a much harder schedule than USC, um, considering the fact that they have to play Arizona, UCLA at the end. But I think you look at ASU, they can beat Colorado, they can beat Utah, their last game against USC, I think they can win it. If they can steal one against Arizona and UCLA, which I think they're certainly capable of doing, I think they, they will lock up that four spot. So um, like I said, it's definitely a toss-up between ASU and USC for that fourth seed, but... I know I'm a little biased, but I got to go ASU on that one. Yeah, there's. It, it's really interesting. You break all of these down. Obviously, SC and Oregon have the easiest um, remaining four or five games left in their schedule. But I think the more interesting part is which of these teams is going to continue playing the way they have as of late, right? Obviously, sure. Oregon and SC started off a little bit behind the eight ball, whereas you had Utah and Arizona State really flying out of the gates. Mm-hmm. It's since flipped, right? So I'm interested to see between Oregon and SC. I know they've got these easiest schedules. USC, I would argue, has the easier schedule. I'm not convinced that Oregon is going to win um, all of their next four. I would, I would honestly be shocked if they swept both Washington and Wazoo, um, just given the way that those two yeah, teams those are, play. Yeah, that would be impressive. On the road, and then I know it's Oregon State, but that's a rivalry game. Um, I feel like you got to toss yeah, just fair. about everything out that's the window. Um, I mean, you look at the way SC played UCLA earlier in the year, right? UCLA I think, was I think Oregon favorite. should win all of their games, but this is the Pac-12. It's kind of hard to look at games in a vacuum. To your point, like you look at the fact that they have to play at Washington, at Wazoo, and then a rivalry game on the road in Corvallis. The chances that they win all three of those seem tough. I think individually they should win all of those, but put all three of them back-to-back, that is going to be difficult for and the Ducks. Oregon State. Just beat USC this past weekend. So don't put anything past them. If I had to make a pick for the two teams, oh, man, I I think SC. I think SC gets that three spot. Mm. I think Cal and Stanford. I I know what helps them is they've got them on the – they've got them at home. Yeah. Right? I think they dominate Cal. Stanford's been playing a lot better as of late. You saw what they did this past week against Arizona. Uh, But I do like SC to probably get that three spot. And if ASU, man, if ASU can win three of their next five, Colorado, Utah, odds are they lose to Arizona and UCLA. If you could beat USC at the end there, that would go such a long way, not only for for a first-round buy in the Pac-12 tournament, but it would go a long way in furthering your resume for a spot in the NCAA tournament, right? Where I look at that is, let's say that Arizona State wins. They beat Colorado. They beat Utah. They lose those two games we talked about, and they beat USC. USC goes on to do, they win four of their next five, their only loss being to Arizona State. They get that three spot in the Pac-12 tournament. USC, I would say, has a good chance of making a run in the Pac-12 tournament. We've seen what they're capable of against 
a team like UCLA. Mm -hmm. So if you get that end of the season win against USC, let's say ASU gets bounced in the Pac-12 tournament, they win one game, and then that's that. USC goes on a run, whether they win the Pac-12 championship game or they just make a deep run just to get there, right? That goes such a long way in that resume, right? Because then you have your marquee win if oh, USC sure. is able to win the Pac-12 tournament. So that's that's what I'm going with, right? So if you're ASU or if you're an ASU fan, those last three games, whether you beat Arizona, UCLA, or USC, we agree you have to beat one. I agree. At that point, whichever team that you beat, as soon as ASU, assuming they get bounced from the Pac-12 tournament, all ASU fans need to be rooting for whichever team ASU beats to go on and win the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, I, I mean, if you beat Utah or if you beat Arizona or UCLA, you probably don't even really need them to because regardless, it'll be a it'll be a top ten win. Yeah. If it's USC, then you definitely at least want them to make a deep run, um, especially win again if it's not ASU, um, and also because that means Arizona doesn't win it, and that would be nice as well. Um, yeah, man, it, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, ASU cannot make this easy for us. Like it has got to does seem like it's going to be it's going to come down to that last game of the year. Um, I, I I think we, we it seems like we are pretty much in agreement that Utah is probably that odd man out. Mm-hmm. They'll probably finish at the bottom of the rankings amongst these four teams. Um, just considering how hard their schedule is at at the start or at the end. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think if you if you get a Utah or a UCLA or Arizona win, those regardless of what happens in the Patrol tournament with those teams is probably good enough. Um, but yeah, USC specifically, uh, they are the odd man out of those those three good teams. You, like I said, Utah is Utah is right there with Arizona State. Like the, they're very similar. They're very similar. So um, I don't know how far that gets you because if you beat USC. There was a chance that USC no longer becomes a tournament team at that point, uh, yeah. depending on how all the other games turn out. So um, that one definitely has less value than obviously a ranked win over either Arizona or UCLA. But it's still you just got you got to win every game. Just <laughs> like I, obviously for us, it's easy for us to break down, go game by game. But as far as ASU basketball is concerned, just go win every game, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, Jason in the chat with a couple questions. Utah has its toughest down the stretch. ASU have a hard time passing Oregon with the final schedule. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what transpires, specifically with ASU, Oregon, and SC. Utah, obviously, that odd man out, but don't sleep on Utah. We talked about how they started the season off strong. Obviously, their marquee win of the season was early on, and they beat the Arizona Wildcats. So I wouldn't sleep on them. Um, it would go a long way for them if they were able to sweep Arizona, yeah. obviously, starting on Thursday. Um, Jason, also with another question, when is Washington coming back? He was obviously out this past week with an illness, didn't make the trip. Um, to either Stanford or Cal. I would expect him to be back Thursday against Colorado, but no official word yet from the team. Um, So just stay up to date on that. But it would go, again, a long way for them to get Warren Washington back at home. Well, yeah, especially when you consider what they did last game on the boards, how dominant they were against a a worse team. But it was still a dominant performance on the boards without Warren Washington. If you can carry that kind of momentum over and get Warren to kind of, you know, add on to that and also be dominant on the boards... ASU is going to be really, really tough because I, I, with how good they are defensively, you could say that that was their one weakness was their rebounding. Yeah. Um, and if they have if they have rectified that, obviously it's one game sample size, so you, I'm only putting so much stock into it. But if they can continue that, ASU's defense will have taken a uh, what was already one of the best, if not the best, defenses in the conference will take another step. Very tough team to beat in that situation because ASU has has struggled giving up second chance points to other teams. 
Um, especially when you consider how ineffective their offense can be at times. If you can limit those second chance opportunities by being good on the boards, ASU, even if they are not playing well offensively, is going to be a tough team to beat. So um, that, yeah, the addition of Warren Washington can be, or the I guess the welcoming back Warren Washington can be obviously critical. He's your starting center, especially Duh. with the way Duke Brennan's played as of late. Yeah, right for sure. Like you get advanced Duke Brennan minutes, given the fact that he played a lot. This past yeah, weekend, the start. started against Cal. Um, now you get Warren Washington back, potentially, and you could say, I, I'm, I'm very confident in the bigs that ASU yeah, has. Sure. Um, but Warren, Duke are the one, two. Gaffney, your three. Enoch, your four, right? That's where you've got your bigs probably power ranked, assuming Warren comes back this week. Warren is your best. Yes. Duke, two. Yes. Gaffney, three. Enoch, four. <laughs> You asked me before last game, and I'm not sure where I'm putting Warren. Um, really? Or not, or not Warren, uh, Gaffney. Gaffney um, because the, the, the only thing with Enoch is that he really hasn't gotten the minutes to even have a negative effect on the team. Yeah, that's um, fair. But if Gaffney's playing like the way he did last year, like we talked about in the postgame show, like if he is just having any kind of positive effect because he hasn't for much of the season, he's had none to a negative effect on the team last time he did not do anything outside of the rebounds but it was 13 rebounds like that that if he's doing that i will take that every time um so yeah i would i would i would agree yeah it, it is definitely um especially when you when you consider what each player is at their best if gaffney's playing his best basketball he's a very legitimate basketball player he's, he's a contributor if he's hitting threes and rebounding the way he did last game the, the rebounds, not the threes from last game. But if he's hitting threes and rebounding, then he's the, the clear number three. Uh, honestly, you could even argue he's a number two yeah, if he's, he's a shooting number two well. if he's shooting well. Um, but he hasn't all year, so I'm not going to sit here waiting for it. Um, and I think he's a little bit of a liability on defense. Yeah, yeah. He has been for most of the year. He was, he's, like I've said, he's been wildly invaluable. Yeah. Um, but, again, if he's doing what he did last game, none of that matters. He is incredibly valuable. Um his rebounds ultimately, I think, were the difference for ASU. So, um, if he's if he's contributing that, then yeah, he's it, there's going to be no need to, for Enoch to even get minutes. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm interested to see down the stretch how Desmond Cambridge picks up. Um, right, obviously, he had 24 points in you know the whole game against Cal, some big big minutes in overtime. I think he's going to need to continue to elevate his game if ASU is going to win as many games as they might need to down the stretch, right? Mm -hmm. Because the offense has been inconsistent. They got DJ Horn back. Even then, it's not like the DJ Horn that we expected to get this season where he's getting 15, 20 points a game. This is a guy in DJ Horn that I think everyone knows is capable of doing that, mm -hmm. but struggles so much. It, it's it, The second half struggles, man, are just so... It's so confusing to it me. It is. Because he comes out hot sometimes, and then he just disappears in the second half. And I don't know... I wish I had an answer as to why he struggles so much offensively in the second half. Yeah, I, as do I, as I'm sure he does, as I'm sure Bobby does. Um, it is, it is a very confusing trend for sure, but we know that he is capable of putting together complete games. Um, obviously, not so much the last game, but the two games before that, DJ was the best player on the court. Um, and I hate bringing it up, but it's, Critical, especially getting into this part of the year, you know what he, we said. We know what he did in the Pac-12 tournament last year, despite how that game ended. Um, so yeah, not an obvious answer for it, but it would be nice if he can figure it out. Um, yeah, <laughs> There's not much more to say about it than not that. Yet. It's just it's very it's a very confusing trend. Um, 
Hopefully, hopefully it's just unlucky. It's just been unlucky. Hopefully, it's just happened a bunch. Unlucky. We'll see. Right. Uh, I do want to get on my soapbox okay. a little bit here. Okay. So bear with me. Um, we're gonna talk about it a little later, but obviously the big game mm. last night. Yes. Right. All eyes were on the instant classic. I feel like it was shaping up for months now. Everybody was expecting something giant. And it was it was happening, it was ready, and sure enough, at the end there, something out of the player's control mm-hmm. ruined it. Yeah. You could say it was the most anticlimactic finish to something that amazing that's happened in recent memory. That's a fair argument. And guys, I'm not talking about the Super Bowl. I'm talking about the things that happen in the bedroom. Okay, mm. and if you don't want an instant classic to end as anticlimactic as that, then go get yourself some Roman, mm. guys. If medication or testing is appropriate, Roman's going to send you guys directly to your door. Everything arrives in discreet packaging with free two-day shipping. No waiting rooms, no hassle, no late holding calls. Maybe straightforward digital experience from the comfort of your own home. Roman offers discreet wipes that help you last four times longer in bed. Guys, to learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goals, go to row.co slash phnx to get 20% off your entire first order. That's ro.co slash phnx. I don't think Mac fully realized that you could totally see him climbing into the frame. (laughs) You could totally see him climbing into the frame. Hope you enjoyed um, that, Max. I'm not sure. Into the frame. Oh god! True. I'm not exactly sure what he was looking for. Maybe he was looking for some four pieces. <sighs> Maybe. Freed, by the way, thank you. Um, the four pieces out in the fridge out there. We got a fridge full of it. Um, I can understand why he was looking for it because I mean, let's be honest. What's better than than drinking beer? Well, I know there's probably I'm not going to speak for myself or anybody <laughs> in this room, but I know there's probably a lot of people that are hungover from yes. you know a, not just a, a day, but a, a, honestly, a week a full week. of festivities. Um, everybody's got their own their own kind of hangover cure. I'm I'm a hair of the dog guy, you know. Really? Yeah, you, you got you got a hangover. Yeah, just let it roll. Can't, be, can't have a hangover if you're drunk. Um, and the best way to get drunk, obviously, is Four Peaks. Um, and what is this? You could pair them with Girl Scout cookies. Wait, what? Girl Scout cookies. That's crazy. Not, just mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. February sixteenth. Inject it. I'm not see. They got Girl Scout cookies for everybody because I'm very picky. I don't like chocolate. I don't like like coconut. I'm allergic to peanut Can't butter. Do peanut butter, yeah. But the trefoils, just the the sh- the shortbread cookies, money. I love them. Um, but whatever your whatever your Four Peaks beer or Girl Scout cookie of choice are, get them together. Uh, you can check out Four Peaks cookie pairing. Wow, they've got a cookie pairing. This is you know taking those Girl Scout cookies into to woman cookies. Women's Scout cookies, I guess. I don't know. Women's Scout cookies. Um, you get a little grown up, grown grow them cookies up. Um, but yeah, you can check out Four Peaks Cookie Pairing at their Eighth Street Pub location in Tempe on February sixteenth. That's two, three days from now, this Thursday. Um, but as always, you, you can be any age to enjoy Girl Scout cookies. But if you want to enjoy them with the Four Peaks, you must be twenty one years or older to enjoy. You know, a little like, uh, hmm, I'm trying to think what I would pair with my trefoil. It's like shortbread cookie. Mm-mm. A little hazy? I don't know, but I'm not a professional. That's what the people at Four Peaks oh, are for. So check them out. That's fair. Uh, let's do this for me. Okay. We're here. You know what we're doing here? And then you put it, and then you put the other hand up and you go, doo, doo, that's not what I was going. Doo, doo, doo. I was going more shifting gears. Oh, I was. But sure. 
I was uh, shooting down unidentified flying <laughs> objects like the U.S. government, baby. Okay. Sun Devil Softball. Let's talk about them. Why don't that's we? What, that's what they've been sending out these fighter jets to shoot down these unidentified flying objects. They're just ASU softballs yeah, that have it's entered just orbit. Home runs. Yeah. It's just home runs. They're just that's floating up is. there. Guys, if you don't know, Arizona State softball is back and they've started the season four in one. They had themselves a hell of a weekend um, against, or I guess it was in San Diego, this mm-hmm. little tournament that they played in. Only loss coming to Notre Dame. Mm. So, you know, it is, if they were going to lose, at least it's to the Irish. I would have rather them lose every other game and just beat <laughs> the Irish. But there you go. I'll take a 4 and one record uh, to start the year. I want to talk about just what this team has done offensively early on in the first five games of the season because there was a lot of expectation that they were going to lose and that they did lose some of their yeah. firepower with Alina Torres and Sid Sanders and then obviously their head coach and Trisha Ford leaving. Riley Valentine, who hits bombs herself, is over at Texas A&M. That hasn't been the case, mm-hmm. right? You bring in an offensive-minded coach like Megan Bartlett, and you look at what this team has done offensively through the first five games of the season. There are six players with 10 or more at-bats, batting a 300 or above. Mm-hmm. Jazz Rollin, I mentioned you before we even got started, batting 500. Yanni, 429. She's got, I want to say, three or four home runs already this season, just over the weekend. Um, this offensive firepower, dude. Can, is this something that they can keep up, or is this something that, you know, you look at the inefficiencies in terms of the opposing pitchers that maybe is what led to such an offensive showcase this yeah. past weekend? I mean, it's it's tough. Everything will change a little bit once you get to Pac-12 play. Because, yeah. I mean, as much as, like, Pac-12 play is kind of like a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, a little bit of a joke in a lot of sports, like, this li- the Pac-12 softball is... That's legit. legit. That's legit. So it's it's a it's a definitely a different challenge. But Four in the I don't top see 25. I don't see why it can't be. Maybe not to this level, but still be a pretty dominant offense. Yeah. I think Jazz Rollin is is a woman that got left out of the conversation a lot when we were talking about this team leading up to it. Um, was very was very good last year, but obviously was a little overshadowed by all the power and just like the. The, the the number of bats they had, um, not necessarily the case this year, and she's she's at least early on stepped up into that role. I mean, we knew who Yanni Acuna was, um, but to see that kind of throughout the lineup, you're getting women batting this consistently, yeah. batting over 300 again early on in the year. But it is, five it's, games. It's, yeah, and it, it's early on in the year. Not every not every player can start a year off this hot. Yeah, it takes some women uh, some time to kind of get into the swing of things. Um, it hasn't really been the case with ASU softball yet. Um, so, it, again, I don't know if they can continue it to this level, but to for them to still be a consistently dominant offense, I don't see why that has to stop, to be quite honest. Because yeah. um, there just are a number of women on this team still from, from last year who did it last year. No reason they can't do it again. Absolutely. Um, they'll just have more attention on them because there is no Sid Sanders, because there is... Um, just so many, new, not new faces, but just some of those, the, the star powers left. New women become stars this year. Yeah, and I brought it up to you before the show even started. Obviously, Oklahoma's the number one team in the nation, right? Jazz Rollin currently has a higher batting average than anybody on Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Just saying, just saying. Um, the flip side of this coin, right? The offensive firepower for ASU softball. I think a bigger concern was probably the pitching for sure. what you were going to get. Their two aces have done a phenomenal job, yeah. right? You look at the way they pitched in the first five games of the season, Marissa Schold and Kenzie Brown, they pitched a combined 14 innings and gave up just one run, had a combined 18 strikeouts. I want to say Kenzie Brown, um, she was responsible for 13 
of those mm. strikeouts over the weekend. That is ridiculous. Yeah. For these two to start off the way they did. 100%. And it, it's crucial because, I mean, it's not as bad as, as um, it's, I don't want to even say it's bad, but I mean, you look at a team like ASU baseball last year, for example, their, their pitching was terrible. Yeah. But they had people that they could trust to start uh, on, on Friday and Saturday. And that was, that was, or your weekend started, whatever. Like that, that's huge to have at least, you know, especially in softball, like to have two women you know that can come in and pitch lights out, specifically Schold, uh, just the veteran at this point, I believe mm-hmm. in her last year of eligibility, like considering what they lost in the pitcher's, pitcher's circle from last year, Schold was was a, a huge piece of this. Um, and to see her kind of pick up where she left off from last year is big. And then um, I think for a lot of ASU fans, Kenzie Brown was a little bit of a question mark. Yeah. Uh, transfer from Tulsa um, in just her second year pitching in college. To have her also do that, and you know, now you got your 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 older woman just dominating the way she's supposed to, and you also have a piece for the future who yeah. presumably will be here for a few years is really God, encouraging. Nice. From the obviously from a, a perspective of just this season, but also for the future to have um, Shoal presumably kind of mentoring this younger pitcher yeah. who will be here for a few years is, is crucial. Um, but I mean. It, Obviously, there was a lot of questions coming into this year, but this is what you should expect from ASU softball. It's just whether it's offensively, offensively pitching, they should be damn near dominant, but at the very least, effective head to toe. And that's what they appear to be early on in the season. And it, this is not, they weren't playing like schmucks. Like Notre Dame, San Diego, I believe, were both um, postseason teams last year. They both played in regionals last year, if I remember. And then, Notre Dame did for sure. Notre Dame did. San Diego State was in. I want to say San Diego State was as well, yeah. Weren't they in our region? Yeah, I believe so. So, um, and obviously in the Notre Dame game they lost, but they they beat San Diego. Like they they've started off really really strong, um, and gives you a lot to be excited about. Especially for me, who I I I don't know. I wouldn't call myself pessimistic, but I was certainly concerned. I did not. I was worried that there was going to be a, a rather significant drop off, and it does not, at least early on, appear to have happened. And that's a good sign. Absolutely. And then you look fast forward to this weekend, right? This is definitely a Sun Devil softball team that has the potential to start the season nine and one. Yeah. When you 100%. look at what they've got ahead in the Littlewood Classic this weekend, you've got BYU, Portland State, Illinois State, DePaul, and Weber State. Um, I believe GCU is also a part of the Littlewood Classic that's going to be taking place, Club Farrington, um, this coming week. You look at these teams, right? They're not great. BYU is two and two on the year. Portland State's two and three on the year. Illinois State's one and three on the year. Weber State is one and four. Obviously, DePaul is the team to beat. Outside of ASU in the Littlewood Classic, they're undefeated to this point in the season, 4-0. and um, Obviously, you never know what's going to shake out with them, but it would go such a long way if you could beat all of these teams, right? Because we've already talked about how dominant the Pac-12 is yeah. in terms of softball. I believe they've got D1 Softball released their top 25. I want to say there's four teams in the top 25. ASU is not one of them. You look at teams like UCLA, who is a top-five team, I believe. You look at Stanford, Washington, Arizona. and Arizona. These are all teams that, when it comes down to it, when you get to conference play, you're going to be lucky to split with some of these teams. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you got to get these wins while you can. To start the season off 9-1 and one with a first-year head coach, with a yeah. team that had so many departures, and not just like... Not like ASU football, for example, where you had guys, you're like, oh, this person's leaving, right? Or they're entering the portal. You're like, oh, okay, like you wish them the best, yeah. but like they weren't really contributors. Different. 
No. Yeah, when you get to sure. ASU softball, you look at the heavy hitters. This is the some of the players they lost is like the equivalent of losing like an Xavier Valade, a Kyle Sully, and an Elijah but Badger in the transfer. Honestly, portal. even worse because you look at specifically um Cincy Anderson, Mac Morgan, like yeah, we were supposed Mac. to be here for four plus years. Like yeah. that was the, the future there. So this is it, it's one thing to kind of lose some of those those, those veterans, um, but to lose these these young women who were dominant, blue like chip some pieces. of the best players in the country as freshmen. Yeah, to lose that that can ruin a program like that 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 it to you ruin the foundation of a program and to see that that has not happened is is massive. Um, and it, I think it also speaks a little bit to. The program, because yeah. you look at obviously again early on in the season, but the women who have transferred have not necessarily started the year the way they ended the year at ASU. Oh. Um, and obviously, part of that, at Trisha Ford, like you look at Sid Sanders, for example, she has gone, she has parted ways with Trisha Ford, obviously going to Oklahoma, Trisha Ford going to AM. Um, but you have the women who went with Trisha Ford also not performing to that level. So how much of it is is just kind of the magic in the maroon, if you will? You um, I guess Oklahoma and A and M are both maroon. maroon there you go. Too. You tried it. Magic in the maroon, gold, if you will. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is. Um, it speaks, uh, I think, a lot to the, just kind of the legacy and the the the, the magic that is ASU softball, mm-hmm. because not every program can survive what they went through this off season. Um, and again, long season, only played five games, but this is. Damn, you're the best start you could ask for. So, are they going five and zero this weekend? Um, it's softball. It's hard to know, uh, obviously. But you look at the teams they have to play. DePaul being that one undefeated team. The teams that DePaul played, nobody's. They played Evansville and Valparaiso. Those are all Indiana. Yeah, like it, not nothing to really write home about uh, games that they the games that they won. Um, so I. It seems like they should, and you're playing all your games at Club Farrington. Yeah, I which think is it, a vibe. It is a vibe. I think, especially with the way they started, people should be excited about ASU softball. They Absolutely. should get out there and support. Um, but I think you talk about some of these good teams you you have to play and trying to get splits. You got to win at home. You have to win. You got to defend your your home turf. Yeah. Um, and that starts with this this little tournament. Um, so they, I think they should. I don't want to put that pressure on them because it is hard to win games. It doesn't matter who you're playing. So give me they, give me a record. They should go five and zero. Are they going to go five and zero? Yes. Okay, I'm with you. They go five and zero. Uh, and I'm going to be honest. I don't think that it is going to be particularly close with any of these teams. I think you could probably look in a mercy rule a handful of them. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's going to be something. This is their first real test at home. And I guess you don't even want to call it a test, but just like to your point, defending your home field, right? right? Defending your home uh, ballpark. This is the time to do it early on in the season. Bartlett's going to be, you know, her first her real tournament here. So get out there, go support ASU softball, and look, to make it even better, before you head over to Club Farrington, why don't you stop at the Tempe location at Burrito Express, mm. get yourself a nice steak and egg, a little bacon on that, mm. um, or really any of the burritos that they have. Steak and salsa. I was going to say, salsa. Leah, Leah's venturing into the, to the dark side, and by dark side, I mean the lunch menu. <laughs> that uh, is the dark side, though. It really is. Because it's just unexplored territory for yeah, us. It really it is. is. It, is the, it is the wild, wild, wild. I will, I will be lead that she expedition. Our, our Lewis and Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Love I don't, I don't want to be... Um, Referenced in the same category as American Explorers. There you go. <laughs> Guys, when you go to Burrito Express to make it even more interesting, buy a $25 Burrito Express gift card. And you're going to get a free burrito any of the ones we just mentioned. Whether you're on the good side 
or you're on the dark side of the force, like mm -hmm. Leah, guys. Free burrito with a $25 Burrito Express gift card. Head over to your nearby Burrito Express location today and give them a follow on social media at Burrito EXP. Mm. Uh, it's perfect too. That's the nice thing about softball is you get like some of these day games, so mm. you can get over there while press is still open. This upcoming Sunday, Weber State, ten thirty a.m. You might be a little hungover from the night before. Get out to Tempe, get yourself a burrito, and then sit your ass down at Club Farrington. Yeah. And if you don't want to get go to Club Farrington, sit your ass down in some comfy new more furniture, um, because it is the best furniture in the valley. I I heard. The streets. The streets told me that after her performance, Rihanna went straight to more furniture. Mm. Her legs were tired. I don't know. Um, I'm not gonna call her pregnant, but the internet was calling her pregnant. No, they confirmed. Oh, they it did. Confirmed. Her okay. rep confirmed. Okay, good. Because um, that was someone pointed that out on Twitter. It had to be crazy if she wasn't pregnant and she get she gets off the stage and everybody and her mother is calling her pregnant online. I wasn't ready to take that jump, but nice to know. Well, pregnant woman, you know, feet might hurt, back might hurt. Put your feet up on, on a more a more furniture recliner, like I'm about to mm. with the food baby I'm about to have later. There you go. Because um, Craig Mayer, I was about to say. be making some some special grilled cheese for the coyotes people. Yo, what? They hate nah, us. I couldn't eat grilled cheese anyways. Us. Grilled um, cheese does go crazy though. It does, and apparently this is the greatest grilled cheese of all time. Wow. It's going to be made even greater by the fact that we're sitting in more furniture. So if you want to get like us and like according to the streets, Queen Riri, head over to morefurniture.com. That's m o r furniture.com. Well, you brought a preview. Let's talk okay. about all things Super Bowl Naturally. from last night. Got to. Okay. Uh, did, I mean, what did you think of just everything from last night? Um, I mean, we kind of mentioned the game already. It was amazing. The way that it ended hurts. Uh, we talked about this earlier. It was a hold. The it right was, call was made. Was, I understand that it it's was. hard to swallow, but I am never going to get upset when a referee makes a call that is the right call, even if it is not at a great time. Fact of the matter is, is he held them. It sucks. I get it. Those are the rules. So be it. Um, and I think the better team won. So another reason why I, it's, it's, I think, a little better with me. Um, but, I mean, up until that point, it was phenomenal. Game. one of the best Super Bowls I've ever watched. Like, I mean, this is exactly I, – I, I, I don't think you could deny that the two best teams in football were in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I think – Jalen Hurts silenced a lot of doubters. Obviously, his fumble was one of the differences. Um, but I don't otherwise I don't think you can deny that he 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 proved that he belonged there. Yeah. Um and he it was he didn't get carried there. Like look at the stats. Obviously, he you could argue he got pushed there. Um some of those QB sneaks, but that play is crazy. That that shit is so crazy to me. They gotta stop it, dude. It's, I, they, that needs to be illegal. It's a cheat code, bro. It, it, it is a cheat code. I was talking about this with Shane yesterday, I think, or two days ago. Like, you literally can't it it's it's unfair. It, like the de the offense can put all of their resources into pushing that guy over the line. The defense has to respect the fact that if they put all of their resources, they'll just Hit him with a bootleg or pitch it out to Miles Sanders or something, and it'll be over. Like I think that's that's part of the beauty in it, though, is you look at the evolution of some of like I guess just the NFL in general, yeah. and like when the Wildcat was first a thing, people were like, "How the fuck do you no, stop this?" Literally. Or like the read option, people are like, even even now still, people struggle defending the read option. Yeah, right. But all of those things I think are a little different because the read option, the Wildcat, like in and of itself, there's. There's a lot of things that they can, a lot of ways they can go with that. And like the Wildcat, for example, I don't know. It, it, it's just, this, for example, is 
it just seems unfair. Like, it, I, I don't know. It just seems unfair to me. That being said, it this is what it is. the first year we saw it, though. Yeah, and defenses do adjust. Defenses are always lighter than offenses. So, it, like, it's whatever. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not upset about it, really. Because, um, I mean, also they lost, so HK. Yeah, you've got a full... Um, well, and that's the thing, right? Is, like, coaches study teams yeah. in the offseason. They study coaches. They study playbooks, offense, defense, whatever. You best believe there's going to be a lot of people studying this Eagles offense in the offseason. Um, and... To be honest with you, they're probably not going to be studying too much of the Chiefs' defense given the way that Jalen Hurts cooked them for most of the game. Um, I think the NFL will evolve and defenses will get it, and eventually there will be a new thing that everyone claims is unfair, but it is what it is. But I would say, to your point about Jalen Hurts, he definitely belonged there. I think Jalen Hurts last night solidified his spot as a top-five quarterback in the NFL. I'd agree with you 100%. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes solidified that he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Yes, um, and I don't think that you could argue it's close. I don't think you can either. I, I think you look at any other quarterback in the NFL, there's a clear flaw. Um, I, I, I still think Josh Allen is probably the second best, at least. I think Josh Allen and— Give me and your top five right now. Top I know five. this is putting you on the spot. Um, no particular order. I'll give I you an order. Top five. Patrick Mahomes, one. Joe Burrow, two. Josh Allen, three. Although Josh Allen will be two when he's fully healthy. We have to see. Um Josh Allen is a tough one because the ceiling is so high. He can play like the best quarterback of all time. He can also play with the worst. So, yeah. um, I'll get I'll give Burrow and Josh Allen a two A two B. Four would be Justin or Jalen Hurts. Five Jay Herbo. Okay, I'm gonna go. I think I gotta go the same same five in there. I'm gonna go Mahomes one. I am gonna go Burrow two. Yeah, Although I, I like to your point, I think Allen and them are just so flippable. I mean, Allen, when he played, like, the first half of the season last year, or this year, like, before his injury, really, was, I think, clearly the second-best quarterback in football. So he, he can be that. When he's not 100%, though, he turns into a, a stunningly average quarterback. He turns he's, the ball over a lot. Yes. Um, I'm going to go, yeah, Allen, three. I'm, I'm going to go the same five. Yeah. I, Hertz, four. Herbo, five. Um, I think... There are a handful of quarterbacks knocking on the door. I think Lamar is the big question there because I think Lamar can be a top three quarterback in football, but not on this Ravens team. You haven't seen him with the assets yet. Yeah. I think you put him on like a, a real team. You put him on the 49ers, for example. He's a top three quarterback. Yeah, football. but how many quarterbacks do you put on that 49ers team? Yeah. That not. No, that's completely valid. But I, I, I just saying you put him with weapons. You put him on this this Birds team. Are we leaving any quarterbacks out oh, of this conversation? Oh, my God. That deserve top five. Because I, I think Rodgers has passed his prime. Rodgers passed his prime. Russ passed his prime. Uh, Brady retired. Trevor Lawrence is working his way. I'm he interested is, to see not. how I'm 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 work I'm interested. He's a top ten quarterback. Yeah. I'm interested to see how his career develops with Doug Peterson. Yeah, so am I. Because I, I think it's gonna be can start working his way into that conversation. But, but I think those are the clear five, right? I don't I think, think I think Lamar is the only one that you could argue belongs in there. And I think it really is a matter of how you're reviewing this, whether or not it's like what we know he can be if he's put in the right situation yeah. and also just what he's been recently or not what he's been recently because he's been good, but he just hasn't won. Um, and a large part of that is the team. So he's a little a little tough to judge. Um, but, yeah, I don't really know if you can argue that anyone else belongs in that conversation. I'm racking my head with the other teams. Dak's not there. Daniel Jones is not there. I'm just thinking playoff teams specifically. Yeah. Right, uh, like there's not a lot of guys that I can be like, yeah, they belong in this conversation. And a lot of yeah. these guys, right, whether it's what they did numbers wise or whatever, I look at it when I'm when I'm a top five quarterback, or when you're looking at top five quarterbacks specifically, you look at for me, if my team needs a game winning drive, 
at the end of it. Can we go get, not three, can we go get seven? Yeah. Right? And there was a point last night where at halftime, Mahomes, bum ankle, down 10, Eagles offense is firing on all cylinders. And like you're going into the locker room and you're like, well, this is, you know, they need points to start the second half or it's looking like it might be a chalked up L. Yeah. Right. But there was, for me, I like, I, and maybe this is because I'm a Chargers guy and I've seen it time and time again. If Mahomes has, and you're a Bills fan, if Mahomes has 30 seconds, if he has 13, He's going to get points. Probably. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> Mahomes is full-blown in Brady territory for me where it's like you give him the ball, I think you're a fool to bet against the, that offense scoring. Like, I, I don't think you're – obviously, they do get stopped at times, but on any given drive, if you're telling me that the, the Niners are not going to – or, Jesus, the Chiefs are not going to score on that drive, I'm going to call you a fool because this is Patrick Mahomes. He's Michael Jordan. Um, That's why I couldn't believe that you could get the Chiefs at plus money at a point in the Super Bowl. There was a point yeah. at halftime. There was a point at halftime where after, so at halftime, Mahomes, obviously the whole ankle thing, it, Chad Henney's quote-unquote warming up, whatever. Chad down Henney 10. had, had uh, MVP odds at that point. There was a point where you could have gone on DraftKings and you could have live bet the Chiefs money line at plus 350. Yeah. Which is understandable why, but at the same time, it's like. But to your point, it's Michael Jordan. It's <laughs> like it, the best quarterback of all time, in my opinion. I'm not, I'm done putting. Disclaimers on it. He is the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think you look at it. There's one quarterback. He's the one quarterback where I'm like, any drive, regardless of the situation, that man's going to score. Yeah. Even if he doesn't, I still think he's going to. Um, and then I think you move down one tier. You have Burrow and Josh Allen, where it's like, I'm pretty confident. Allen a little less at the end of the season. But I'm uh, with Allen, it's like, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, I'm pretty confident he's going to get points. Uh, yeah. Burrow, same thing. Um, you move past that. I, I, it's like if you if you give me Lamar or Hertz or Herbo in that situation, I'm not worried. Like I feel obviously there's a chance that it goes wrong, but I feel pretty good. Like I I I feel good about the situation. I think they can get me six points. Yeah. And then you move past that. I think it. I'm not sure you have a quarterback left where it's like I maybe Rogers, but he in and of himself is like a different. Like you said, he's past his prime. You give me you need one drive from him. I think you can get it from Rogers, but. I don't know about a whole game. I think the difference between those six and everybody else is with those six, I don't care who they're playing, it's you always have a chance. Yeah. Right? You you put in other quarterbacks, Daniel Jones, you put in quarterbacks against, or like a, I don't even want to throw Zach Wilson in there, but Aaron Rodgers or a Russ or whatever, it's like, uh, I don't love the matchup. Are, yeah. Right? But you have a Herbert, you have a Hurts, you have a Mahomes, you have an Allen, a Burrow, a Lamar, it's like, We've got a chance, yeah. Type thing. So I don't know about you guys. I made some money on the DraftKings sportsbook app with the Super Bowl because it was always Chiefs money line. Leah hit the octopus. The octopus hit. We put it in the group chat, and Shane said that he made you bet the octopus. How much did you end up winning on that one? Three dollars to win forty-five. Oh Oh, yeah, go off. That's nice. Are you are you guys like me? Where like if you make a bet and you win it, and it's like five to win eighty, you're like, damn, I wonder if I if I put like fifty. Yeah. (laughs) Damn, I should have put more. Yeah, but. It's like I'm not willing to bet what I'm not willing to lose. That's you know fair. what I mean? That's a good so, way. That's a good th- way to do it. But like throwing three bucks to win forty five, I won, I won like almost seventy dollars last Ooh. night. I got tails, hit that right away. Chiefs to win the coin toss, hit that right away. Hit the octopus, hit the over. Damn. Hit the there over were was so free. there were that a bunch of um, DraftKings happy hour boosts throughout the week I, that I put the max bet on and won those. So I had a 
great day yesterday on DraftKings. Leah, Sean, everybody out here making money in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And guys, you can too. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code PHNX. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for more details. Um, if you got to the if you, I wonder if anyone, do you, any of you know anybody that was at the game? I do. Yeah. The yeah. At the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah. Like yeah. Fan? Shane, Shane's friend bought tickets on mm. Saturday for uh, Sunday. Oh, they bought them on Sunday? On Saturday. Oh, on Saturday? Sunday. So you mean to tell me they waited until the last second to get up to 60% That's exactly off their what I mean. prices on the game time app? Um, yeah. I mean, I was watching them. They got like, by Super Bowl standards, affordable by the end of it, but when it was all said and done. Uh, so I hope if you were trying to get to the Super Bowl, you're watching on the game time app. Now, Kevin Durant is in town, and those tickets are going to be expensive, so you got to wait until the last second to get those tickets. D-backs are coming in, and your tickets might be cheap off RIT, but that team's going to be good, and then they're going to get expensive, so you got to watch the game time app, like me, who uses the game time app for every single D-backs game I go to, and I go to a lot of them. Um, because, like I said, you can save up to 60% on your ticket prices when you wait until the last minute um, with the Game Time app. And the best way to support us is by using the link in our description to buy those tickets. Um, and thank you, Humble Rumble, presumably for complimenting me on my haircut. Yeah, I didn't get a haircut. I was so. going to say. I mean, your hair looks nice, but. Thanks. Your hair looks better today. Thank you. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Um, guys, that's going to do it for us today. If you enjoyed the content, give us a follow at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. You can follow me at Anthony underscore Told You. You can follow the man who remains anonymous at Shane Deef. And you could follow Sean DePaz at Sean underscore DePaz. I'm sorry. This is out of pocket, but a simp for Rihanna, as always. <laughs> we will see you guys Wednesday live at 2 p.m. But for now, enjoy the rest of your Monday. Peace. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.